welcome to Varian's episode number seven of... Brutal Battle. This is an episode we've kind of been talking about for a while. Talking about doing, that is. We've talked about it a little bit on the podcast here and there. Kind of teased like, oh, at some point we're going to do this. At some point we're going to do this. And we've talked off podcast a decent amount about when we're going to do this. And have been on the precipice of starting it a few times. But now is finally the time... We're excited about this mm-hmm. because this is the variance episode for one of our most beloved barrel-aged beers, which is not being made anymore. Actually, I don't think it is. Not, I th- that, we, not that we know of. Yeah, I think last year may have been the... Last year or the year before that may have been the first year it wasn't being made anymore. Um, but even before that, it wasn't being made as it initially was. Uh, and that is re- the Retribution beer by Duclaw Brewing Company out of Baltimore, Maryland. Well, Rosedale, Maryland, technically. And it's a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout. Now, over the years, they've had variants of it, obviously, which is why this is a variants episode. This is our largest variants episode to date because we have eight different beers of this. And we are actually going to be starting with a base with just Retribution, one of the original just Retributions. Now, real quick, I do just want to say... the brewer who initially came up with this beer and did it really well was Jim Wagner. And Jim Wagner now is part owner and a, one of the, I think, is the head brewer at BC Brewery in Hunt Valley, Maryland. He just recently put out a, I believe, a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. So I want to get my hands on that and try that and see if it's similar to this beer. Because this is kind of where he started with bourbon barrel-aged beers, or barrel-aged beers in general. And actually, from what I know, he had started experimenting with bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout before Goose Island was big. Before, you know, uh, Bourbon County was a big thing. So he was kind of... Cutting edge. Yeah, really at that point. So, um, yeah, so we have a bunch that we've kind of held on to over time including the last one being the the most rare of all of them. So it'll be very interesting to dig into that one, although I don't know if it's too much past its prime or not. But this beer has been good about kind of staying staying quite stable and good with many years on it, as we've tasted it over the mm-hmm. time, because we stocked up on it from time to time. But, you know, we'll throw some stuff out about it here or there. But all that said, we're jumping into it, okay? So the first one, like I said, is the basic retribution, and this one's in a 22-ounce bottle, because yes, this is back from when 22-ounce bottles were all the rage. This beer is from 2013, so this is a seven-year-old, yeah, Yeah. seven-year-old, I stopped for a second, I'm like, wait, it's 2021 now. I'm like, no, it's still seven-year-old based off when it was released. Uh, This is, uh, this bottle is from barrel number 12 of 15. And uh, Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels, and it is 11.5% alcohol. And since this is, ooh, oh my gosh, I smell the bourbon. Like, as soon as I popped that open, I just got, like, this waft of, like, a bourbony smell that just hit my nose. That's exciting. Oh, whoops. One of the things I'm excited about is that this is 11.5% barrel-aged beer, which I feel like nowadays people are starting to go for, you know, bigger, 
ones. And, you know, obviously we do a lot of stuff with the brewery beers and a lot of their barrel aged stuff is like super high yeah. ABV. Just, this is just so much more approachable and yeah. I appreciate I hate that. to say sessionable, but <laughs> well, what we will find out right now. <laughs> we'll hop in and find out. So not a whole lot of uh, carbonation on the top, but there is yeah. some. Mm-hmm. You swirl it up, you get, you know, some large bubbles, some medium-sized bubbles kind of hanging out. It's got, it's very thick. When you swirl that up, like, look at how long it takes for the legs on the side to come down. It's super slow. It's looking quite thick. Smell what? Oh, man. It smells so good. What the? I mean, I don't, I feel like. At seven years in the bottle, it shouldn't smell this chocolatey, but there's a lot of chocolate in the nose. I was going to say a lot of vanilla. There is a good amount of vanilla. There's like an oakiness. There's a lot of chocolate to it. There's definitely that bourbon character, which is getting a little caramel Caramel-y. as I was well. going to say caramel, yeah. And there's a bit of an astringency on there. A little bit. Not too much, though, I don't think. It's smelling good. Yeah, it smells really good. Man, it smells really good. And like I said, like I, I really do feel like based off the nose, it should have degraded more than it has nose-wise over the seven years. There's still a lot of chocolate in the taste. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, man. Very chocolatey. It is. It's definitely thinner than I remember it being. Um, and that's probably just because of the time in the bottle. And there's a bit more of, like, an alcohol hotness. Yeah. I definitely can perceive the the alcohol and the boozy qualities. Yeah. Definitely getting the vanilla. Definitely getting mm-hmm. the caramel. No. Everything in the nose, you're definitely getting in the taste, which is nice. Yeah. It is just that it's because of the time in the bottle, those, those notes that we were smelling quite well, you know, the chocolate, the vanilla, the caramel, all that. They're there in the flavor, but they're way lower than they were when the beer was fresh. And the alcohol's kind of increased in perception. So the alcohol is a little bit out of control for that reason, in my opinion. Because I do just get this, like, astringency sitting in my mouth. I could see that. But still, for seven years in the bottle, I feel like it should, it should taste not that good. And this actually tastes pretty solid. Yeah, it's good. When you take a bigger swig of it, <clears throat> I get more of the wood from the from the bourbon barrel coming through. And a decent bite of like a bitterness on the end, which I think may be, be may be coming from that um from that alcohol. Okay. Yeah. So the next beer we have is the Pumpkin Retribution. So yeah. that's an imperial stout brewed with pumpkin and spices added aged in bourbon barrels. And this is from 2015. Mm-hmm. And it is 11.5%. So this has been, at least in the past, my favorite of the variants. Uh, which is weird because I don't like pumpkin beers typically. But there was just something about the integration of pumpkin in this beer and how it played with the base beer that was, I mean, magic pretty much for me. So I'm hoping it's still tasting really good. So this is what, five years? Yeah, because it was a 2015? Yeah. Yep. So five years in the bottle on this one. So two years less than the 
retro yeah. regular one we just did. It's so pumpkin-y. I looks, skipped, I mean, I skipped the, how it looks. It yeah, looks we're not talk, we're not going to talk as much about looks. I mean, it's still looking pretty thick when I'm swirling it up. The actually the bubbles on the head when you swirl it up are like all large, which is interesting because on the first retribution there were some relatively small ones. They're pretty much just all large bubbles. Mm. It's not so pumpkiny. Yeah, I do smell a lot of pumpkin, and it's not it's not pumpkin spice. It's just like the flesh of the pumpkin. Yeah, like actual pumpkin and that i think that's one of the things i like about it because i like actual pumpkin in things i just don't like all that pumpkin spice crap i mean it smells like a pumpkin pie like you're getting you're i'm getting some of the spices but i'm yes. getting a lot of the actual pumpkin yes i do get some of the spices but they are very very under control and you know with that extra time sitting in the bottle you know Maybe they could have been mellowed a bit, yeah mellowed, mellowed more it smells good. Um, I get the chocolate in there. I definitely get that vanilla, that caramel, plenty of pumpkin. Yeah. I'm not getting any of the oak. I get a little bit, but not nearly as much as I did in the first one. That's for sure. This smells very good. It looks kind of thin. It does look a little thin for being imperial, but let's go in. Mm. Um, dude, that pumpkin... It's so good. Yeah, the pumpkin in there is very nice. Pumpkin definitely held up. Yeah, the body is thinning. Is, is, yeah, yeah, the body is definitely thinning over time, but the flavor of that pumpkin really helps keep the beer quite nice. Mm -hmm. I will say. Mm. So, because of that, there is some increased astringency to it, but. There is a nice kind of um, chocolatey hit that comes after the pumpkin. The pumpkin's what's up front with a little bit of the spices being carried along with it. And then you get that uh, chocolatey bit coming yeah. afterwards, a little bit of the vanilla, the caramel. And then the booze in the finish with like a kind of medium um, bitterness on the finish as well. Not perceiving the bitterness. There's some bitterness in there. It's good though. That's, mm, yes, very tasty. Really digging on that. All right, let's do another rinse here, and then we'll go to, I think this is your favorite, actually, is it not? Yes. So, first my favorite, then Rebecca's favorite. And what is that one? This one's Chocolate Cherry Retribution. So, it's an imperial stout with chocolate and cherry aged in bourbon barrels. It's also 11.5%. And it's from 2015. Oh, cool. So, uh, this one and the pumpkin one are in 12-ounce bottles. Right. The first one was the 22. Uh, and just so people know, for a while, they were doing, because Retribution was so popular, they were doing a day of Retribution, which we had an episode, I think maybe two episodes on the podcast about, like, a recap of Day of Retribution when we did okay. it. I think maybe two, and we tried some of the Retribution beers on there. Um, so you can go back and, and look for that, but, uh, yeah, they used to do that and then they eventually quit doing it and it, they corresponded with when Jim Wagner was no longer there when he had left. So yeah, because their first batch that was done by their new brewer after Jim Wagner, I don't think got great reception in comparison to the original retributions that Jim had been putting out. And from what I remember, we did try the newer ones, and 
one of the variants was was pretty good taste-wise, but one of the things that I really realized is they were so thin and watery yeah. on the mouth feel. Even more than right. even more thin than these. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. It was like watery, which was weird. But anyway. Anyway, um, okay, so what is chocolate cherry? I'm not gonna talk about how it looks. It looks the same. No difference. I smell the chocolate. Yeah, I smell the increased like it. chocolate. It smells softer. It does. Than the first two. It smells like I'm getting less astringency in the nose than the first two beers. I'm getting the cherry. I get, okay, so I get the cherry, but it's, if I didn't know it was cherry, I don't think I'd yeah, say it. I would it, say it's, it's like, some fruit. Yeah, there's like a little fruitiness in there. Yeah. It's not super strong. It's I mainly mean, that that chocolate and then the cherry's like very, yeah, very subtle. light. Very light. It smells good though. I do smell some of the alcohol to it, but. And there's definitely a level of sweetness in the nose. Yeah, that's true. It smells sweet, which is why I think of sweet, sweet, like sweet, juicy cherries. I think this is the one that I'm smelling the least wood in. Yeah, definitely the least wood. Definitely the least barrel characters. Yeah. And to go with that, like we were saying, the least alcohol. Yeah. It smells good. It smells smooth. It smells tasty. Mmm. You're getting chocolate in the cherry. Ooh. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. That cherry is unmistakable. Like... I was saying in the nose, it's hard to pick out as cherry, but when it hits your tongue, it is like cherry. That's. This flavor's really held up. Yeah. I'm so glad I was going to be disappointed if it didn't. Well, here's the interesting thing, though. So what's changed about it from what I remember having it before, fresher, it led with the chocolate before and then the cherry came in. But right now, the cherry leads and it's, it's more... very cherry forward. Yeah, it's more prominent than that chocolate is. The chocolate's still there, but it's coming in well after and it's definitely a lot more subdued. So um, that's interesting. Fresher, it's more chocolate with some cherry. Now aged, it's cherry with some chocolate. That's very interesting. Mm. So good. These are all three great beers. Yeah. We're going to enjoy finishing these off. And, and I don't think we said we're not Yeah, we're, we're not, not recording all, <laughs> all eight at once. No, 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 no. Especially because the last two are also 22-ounce. So we did these three. Then we have three more 12-ounce bottles. Then we have two 22-ounce bottles. And the final one is the highest ABV at like 15 or something. It's high. So, yeah. We're cutting this up into a few pieces yeah. and we'll just... We want to cobble it together. Enjoy yeah. sipping on these. Which, after we run through all these, we, we will still have some retributions in our cellar, but it's not much. Yeah, we're so. emptying them out. But anyway, uh, I'm excited to move on to the next one. And that is Caramel Apple Retribution. And this one is from 2016. So this one also in a 12-ounce bottle. The next one will be in a 12-ounce bottle, also a variant from 2016. And then after that... It'll change years. So we're going through the years from oldest to newest until we get to the final one, which is special because it is the oldest, I believe. But we'll tell you when we get there. So Caramel Apple Retribution, which is Imperial Stout with Caramel Apple aged in bourbon barrels. It is 11.5% alcohol. So... Oh, and by the way, when we're recording, when I'm talking about this beer right now, uh, this is our second portion of the recording, so we already finished the three beers we just had. 
Um, that pumpkin retribution and the chocolate cherry retribution just got better as they warmed. <laughs> they were so good. They were wonderful. Uh, very hard when we were drinking them. It was hard to be like, which one is better? Yeah. That was tough. So, I don't know. At the moment, I'm kind of feeling like those are the ones to really beat. And yeah. it might be tough. Because... Those were wonderful. I think those were the those were the first two variants they had done, obviously, and those are the variants we fell in love with first. Yeah. So now let's check out this caramel apple. I remember enjoying it when we had it at Dave Retribution. Uh, looks pretty similar. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the head to it, what little head is there, is a little bit lighter in color than what we've been seeing. Just slightly beige. Man, it's so appley. Yeah, there is a decent amount of apple to that. And caramel. I get the caramel, I get the apple, I get the vanilla, I get the oak. I also get this kind of dirty smell in there. Like, literally a little bit of a dirt earthiness. Which is kind of weird. But yeah, I get the apple, I get the caramel. Um, I get some of the actual bourbon and a little bit of alcohol heat in the nose, mm -hmm. too. It's not crazy, though. It seems like it's very much under control still. It smells good. Yeah, it does. It smells kind of light. I get a little bit of a chocolate note on the finish. Maybe more towards, like, a milky chocolate rather than, like, a dark chocolate. And a little bit, you know, maybe that kind of uh, earthy dirt that I'm getting is the way that that kind of wood character from the bourbon barrel is interacting with some of the other notes. Hmm, I think that might be it. Because I'm getting a little bit of wood. Alright, going in. Flavors are really muted. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the caramel. Yeah. My first sip, I'm like, am I getting the apple? Um, yeah, no, I do get the caramel. I am I'm with you on that. It's not as strong as you would think based off the nose. But the apple, it is there. It is very, like you were saying, muted. It's it's just like a little bit on the end. I'm getting more caramel and chocolate. Yes. And the chocolate, you know, when I was saying that it was smelling a little more like a milk chocolate, it tastes like a dark chocolate. It definitely tastes more like a dark chocolate, especially because this finishes kind of bitter kind of ashy it's got a little bit of a kind of an ashy finish to it but not in a bad way it's a it's a good tasting ashiness hmm and the you know there is a little bit of, of some alcohol on there that i can perceive especially in the back of my throat yeah. but it's not out of kilter yeah no which is surprising considering how muted those flavors are so oh good but I'm going to, I have like a little bit more than a sip left. I'm going to slug that and see if I get more apple. No, not really. No. I got more chocolate doing it that way though. It, it made the dark chocolate more robust, which I actually really enjoyed. And it brought out a little bit more of that um, wood character from the bourbon barrel that I was saying I was smelling. That dirty note on the nose, did not you, in the flavor. Okay, I was say, did you get that? No, thankfully not in the flavor. Very thankfully not in the flavor. Um, that's good. I mean, it's no chocolate cherry or pumpkin, yeah. but it's good. It's just, yeah, the apple fell out. The caramel's still there. I don't think to the degree it was when it was fresh. 
but it's still there. Okay, rinsed our glasses. Now, this next one, I particularly remember liking it. It wasn't your cup of tea, but I think when you tried it fresh, you were like, I understand that that's well done for what it is. It's just not my thing. Yeah. I don't like this flavor combination. Yeah. So also from 2016, this is the creme de menthe retribution. Rebecca's not big on mint and those types of flavors in beer. Now, this is an imperial stout with creme de menthe aged in bourbon barrels, and it is also 11.5%. So they've all been 11.5. Have they all? Listeners, you can let us know. I don't know about the regular retribution, but the variants all have been 11.5. I, I'm going to be very interested in this to see if the, has the mint, the creme de mint, like, fallen out? Has it gotten stronger? Has it overtaken things? Yeah. Like, what's going on with this right now? Because I remember it being, you know, str- pretty strong when we initially pretty had strong it. on the nose. Um, Looks-wise, mm, medium-sized bubbles. Head looks about the same as the caramel apple. Oh my, yeah. Very minty. Um, there is no disguising that that's uh, a creme de mint in there. Yeah, very, very minty. But it, because it's creme de mint, it's, it smells like a creamy minty. Yeah, it you does. Know? It's, it's yeah. nice. It's more of like a, it's not sh- too sharp and like, it's like offensive. It's like it's an like, Andes mint. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like good. Yeah. That's a very good way to put creamy, it. Creamy, chocolatey, mm-hmm. smooth. I'm having like there, yeah. There, there is chocolate in there, and it, but it's not the chocolate room is not separating from the mint. It's kind of along with the mint because the mint's so strong, it sustains through the entire sniff, and I'm I'm assuming that's how the flavor is going to be as well. the The chocolate stays with it, and I think your your example is perfect. Like an Andy's mint is really you bite what it into it, like. and you get both flavors. Yeah, it really does smell like that. Booze-wise, I can't really smell booze. No, I don't either. I can't smell any sort of, like, alcohol heat or anything. Um, do you get any barrel characteristic? Not in the nose. No, because the mint is such a strong, so strong smell. Yeah, it's hard to get much else. It's just chocolate and mint. But to me, that smells great. It smells very good to me. All right. You've tasted your assessment. I tell you what, the mint is... Oh. More in check than I, in Whoa. the nose because I thought it was going to be extremely strong in the taste, and it's not. It's there, but it's more subtle. It's actually good. Yeah, it's very, it's like medium low yeah. flavor wise. Um, that actually allows the chocolate to raise up higher yeah. in perception over what it was with the aroma. Um, it actually puts the chocolate above, like dark chocolate perception and then the mint. So it seems like it's kind of, it's, it is like an Andes mint in the sense that it's a thin layer of the mint in there and much more chocolate than what you're getting. Whereas the smell of this is like a reverse Andes mint where it's like the outside portions, which is more would be the mint portion and a little streak of chocolate on the inside. But this is up your, is this not okay It's for actually you? good. Yeah, I actually enjoy this. Mm-hmm. The nose, I was like, oh, a little off-put because I was like, it's so strong on the mint. But the taste is actually really good. I like it more than caramel apple. Yeah, I do too, actually. Um, that that kind of creaminess along with the creme de mint is definitely there. 
Uh, that ashy finish that I was getting with the caramel apple is also there in this beer. And once again, it's not a bad one. It's a good one. I yeah, like I don't that mind finish it at all. It. I do think that this one finishes less bitter than the caramel apple. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I wouldn't know there's bourbon in this, though. Like, I wouldn't really know it's barrel-aged. No. I perceive a little bit of, like, an alcohol tingle in my mouth and in the back of my throat. But other than that... But that doesn't mean it's barrel-aged. Right, yeah. I am get Actually, I am getting... As I took this the last sip, I got a little bit of a wood character. Okay. A little bit. Hmm. And there's my finish. Yeah, the wood. Definitely. The wood's starting to show up after a few sips. Because I think it's one of those things, kind of like with sour beers, when you take more sips and your palate gets used to the sourness. Your palate's getting used to that mint. So, that's a surprisingly pretty nice. I Very surprisingly for you, I remember liking it. Okay, so this next one is making the next step in time to 2017. And this one is in a 22-ounce bottle. Now, when we went to Day of Retribution... This was included with your ticket to get in. Everyone who had a ticket would get a bottle of this. Divine Retribution. Now, you may be saying, what is Divine Retribution? Now, this is one that gets blended. It's not a variant in the sense of it's Retribution with, like, flavors added or other ingredients like that. It's, it's a blend of a bunch of different beers that they make. So it's always, whenever they've done Divine Retribution, it's always Retribution, which is the bourbon barrel aged imperial stout and then they blend it with something else that they make um and the very first retribution ever made is what we're going to have for the final beer so and i'll tell you what that was blended with when we get there now this one sounds like a bit of a mess to me i remember when we got this i was like i don't think this sounds like it's going to be good i hope it is and I'll tell you why. So this is Divine Retribution number four that was released in 2017. It is 12% alcohol, so we're stepping up 0.5. This particular bottle is bottle number 49 of 200. They only had 200 bottles of this total. And this is Retribution, which once again, Imperial, Imperial Stout, Aged in Bourbon Barrels, blended with Devil's Milk, which is a barley wine that they do, which is a wonderful barley wine. Obel, which is an oat wine, which I remember having and hated. Misery, which is their wheat wine, which I think actually is good for a wheat wine. And their Brimstone, which is a rye wine, and I thought was an atrocious beer. So, mm. um... This doesn't sound good. So, literally, it's bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout blended with barley wine, oat wine, wheat wine, rye wine. Doesn't sound like a mess. Yeah. It sounds like it could be have very you had, terrible. Have we had it before? No. We did not have it. This so do be... we have two bottles of this? Yeah. Well, we have one more bottle downstairs, yeah. And I checked on Untap just to make sure. I actually checked on Tap to find out the vintage of this because it's not on the bottle. But while I was doing that, I realized I had not checked into it on Untapped. And I was like, okay, so they did not have this on tap at Day Retribution when we got it. Okay. So we have not tasted this. This is our first time. Unlike all these other beers, we've had them before. They're just aged now. This one, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not, I don't know about that. I don't think it's going to be good. I hope it is, but I really don't think it's going to be good. But, you know, maybe, maybe Jim Wagner put together... Some sort of magic on this. I don't know. 
It looks lighter in color. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you start looking around the edges, it's a, it's a lighter shade of brown. You can see through a little bit more around the edge. Uh, the head is definitely a lesser color of beige. It's like very light beige. And when you swirl it up, very large bubbles showing up. And what was the 12%? 12%. So it's 0.5 higher than yeah. what we've been doing. So It just smells malty. Yeah. Am I right? It's like a sweet, it's like sweet maltiness. Let's see if I can pick anything else out. No, it's just like malt. I'm trying to see. There's a little bit. There is kind of a little bit of like an orange zest type smell. It's like low level that. orange zest, but mainly just sweet maltiness. And it's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It just smells like sweet maltiness. It does smell syrupy for sure. It smells viscous, syrupy. It's not an offensive nose. It's it's just very light. Yeah. And, you know, base, if it tastes the way it smells, it'll be fine. It won't be gross or anything. So, okay, going in. There's not a whole lot to the smell. It tastes like it smells. Yeah, there's not a lot of flavor to it. There's <laughs> just not a whole lot happening here. Hmm. Yeah, it just tastes like sweet malt. And I do think that what I was saying was on the nose, that little bit of like that um, orange zest. I, I taste that in there See at that? a low level. I'm getting like some brown sugar. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. It's just like a benign beer. Yeah. It's just like, do you want 12% alcohol in your body without tasting a whole lot? Like, I don't perceive the 12%. That's true. And that's probably because the sweetness is really taking care of that. But there is a bitterness that rises at the end. You know, you, like it finishes and it's a little bit bitter. And then that bitterness perception rises on your tongue as it sits. It's it's not crazy out of control, but it starts to get to a point where you're just like, all right, this needs to back off a little bit here. It's not bad, but it's also... It's just okay. I don't know. So when I was looking it up to try and find the vintage of it on Untapped, I saw someone who had checked into it and said, not checked into it now, but checked into it back when it was released, and said, um, this beer seems confused. Mm. And tasting it now, yeah, this beer seems confused. It, I mean, putting all those beers blended together, it just, it just tastes like mud, kind of. like It's real murky. Yeah, it, within the beer world, it tastes like beer mud, basically. It's just like, you know, it's kind of like when you mix colors together and you, you could, get you know. brown. Yeah, exactly. You can mix a few colors together and you get something really nice and vibrant. Um, but the, you mix too many colors in and it's just brown. And it was, it's not impressive or good looking. And that's kind of what this beer is. It didn't work. Um, but it's not offensive, like we said. Yeah. And the plus is... If you just want to get hammered, you could probably yeah. go through this pretty quick. I mean, I don't need to drink more of it. Yeah, it's not very special or anything. When I took... Ooh. Ugh. Ooh. I just took a larger Cult? swig of it, and um, it's it gets sickly sweet when you do that. Like, it gets, like, sugar water sweet. Mm. And it's thick. Ugh. 
No good. Yeah, no good. No thanks. Okay. Well, uh, that was the... I think that that's the only one through... No, the next one might be 2017. But anyway, if you can't tell, this is where we're stopping for this portion, and we're going to the next portion. But for you, we're going on to the next beer, and that is... Espresso and Bourbon Vanilla Retribution, which is an imperial stout with espresso beans and bourbon vanilla beans. Obviously, aged in bourbon barrels. This one is three years old. It is the 2017. Now, there was another one that came out in the same year, and I think it was like chocolate and chilies is what it was. And we only had one bottle of that, which we already drank when it was fresh. I don't remember a whole lot about it. I don't either. I think we at least liked it. Right. I think so, too. I remember it must have been benign because I don't remember really loving it. And I don't remember hating it. So Yeah. it's It didn't make an, a gigantic impression. So, you know, it wasn't like super wow, but it also wasn't bad. So, yeah. yeah. But this is the only one we have from that year. Uh, yeah. Probably looks just like what you would assume. Looks like Pure a stout. Yep. Swirling it up. Not getting a whole lot bubbles-wise. A few medium bubbles just showing up as I swirl it. Oh, percentage on this one is 11.5. So they've all been. Yeah. Well, for the most part, mostly. Um, yeah. Very, very vanilla. And very bourbon. I smell coffee in it, too, though. Which, with these, especially with three years in the bottle, you would think that coffee would fall out a lot, but I smelled like a green coffee. Like a real green coffee in there. I get a lot of chocolate, though, too. Mm-hmm. I see where you're getting the vanilla as well, but to me, the most predominant things are like a milky chocolate and that mm-hmm. green coffee. Yeah. But yeah, the vanilla is... Yeah. And I, I get like good. a slight salinity, too, that's a little soy saucy. Yep. Very slight. It smells good, though. It sounds really good. Yeah. I'm interested to taste this and see where it's going to end up falling in this lineup. Hmm. It's good. It's a lot smoother than I thought it would be. I'm getting more coffee flavor on that taste than Mm -hmm. I did in the nose. And it's tasting the way it was smelling, as in being like a young green coffee in there. The vanilla is not as pronounced as it is in the nose. No, it's not. But it's it's there a little bit. To me, it's mainly a lot of that green coffee that I think is the most predominant flavor. And then it's backed up by this nice milk chocolate that actually makes it a little bit creamy in the mouthfeel. Hmm. That's good. I'm, I'm digging that one. That is tasting nice. It's coming off a little bit thinner in the mouth. Than, than I would uh, assume for this beer. But once again, that can just be from the age. Yeah, I'm definitely perceiving the booze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is another thing. The booze is more perceptible than some of these beers, which it's getting this kind of like little bit of an astringent bite at the very end of each sip and giving it a, like a slight alcohol heat for that reason. Rebecca's, since we're on our last portion of the recording, Rebecca lined up her her current ranking of the bottles and she just moved them around and inserted the espresso and vanilla and bourbon vanilla one into its spot. And I agree with that spot at the moment. So, um, that said, that was a good one. Let's rinse our glasses and go to the final beer, which this one is stepping it up in two ways. 
and hoping three ways, the third way being flavor. But this is the rarest of the beers, and it is the highest in ABV. And I think it's actually the oldest as well. Because this is from... Ooh, actually, I don't even know if I know the year. Hmm. I could probably figure it out if I needed to. Yeah, no, I don't know the year. But I can check. Can you grab my phone real quick? Because that one... When was the Retribution number four from? Or Divine Retribution number four? Because that was many years later. So basically, what we have in front of us is the first Divine Retribution, which is different than the number four that we had. I don't think there's a date on here. Yeah, there isn't, but I think I had looked it up. Oh. Uh, Divine Retribution number four. I know I definitely said it on the podcast, so... Now we forget. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I said it on the podcast. People who are listening probably remember. I'll leave it at that. Uh, so this is number one, and I'm going to have to do a check on when people originally checked into it on Untapped because it's a, it's a much older bottle. Uh, not, people checking it into this like over many, many, many years, which makes sense because these things can age. So basically where that number four was a mix of a bunch of beers, which as we you know, discovered it was not so great. This one is actually just a blend of two beers, and it's their Retribution, obviously, and one of their most popular beers, especially at festivals, which was their um, Colossus, which they do... Actually, are they doing Colossus? I'm not sure they're really doing it anymore. They did it a few years back, but Colossus is basically a really high ABV beer. It's just it's a high-gravity hybrid ale aged for six months inside charred Kentucky white oak bourbon barrels. There you go. So it was, uh, it ranged by batch. I think the first batch was somewhere around like 23% alcohol, and then there was a batch that was like 21%, and I think at one point they got it up to like 25 or something. So high ABV. And this is a 60-40 blend. Oh, is it 60 Retribution? I'm assuming. Yeah, probably. And it says it's an imperial stout brewed with spices and aged in bourbon. Oh, okay. So there's spices in there. Did you say the ABV? I did not. 15.5. Yeah. So it's high ABV, which you would assume with, you know, Colossus being in there. Now, I remember having Colossus, well, a few batches of Colossus, and it tastes like, like apple pie, basically. It always, to me, tasted like apple pie in a really great way, like really tasty. And this is bottle 166 of 168. Yeah, so it's super rare. There were only 168 bottles total of this out there, and I held on to this one for the whole time. So I never even tried this. We never even tried the first Divine Retribution. And this is from 2013, so this is seven years in the bottle for this one. Wow. So, yeah. And the thing that makes me happy about this is... It's waxed. Waxed. So we know... There is not any air getting into it over the time that it's been in the cellar. As opposed to that number four, which, ooh, air coming out as I'm opening it up. That's a good sign, some carbonation And there. it's an amount of wax that you can still use a regular bottle opener with. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. It's not, like, crazy thick. It looks like it's, like, one coating, basically. Maybe, actually. Probably more than one. Yeah, I think it's two. Probably two. But, you know, point being, not it's not insane. All right, here's your pour, Rebecca, and here's my pour. Oh, man, it smells good. I hope this is good. I hope this is good. 
because we've been holding this for quite a while. This is one of those beers that just sat in the cellar, and I was like, it's so rare, it's getting so old, we got to break it out at the right time. And, I mean, what... This is the right time. Yeah, what more right time is it than right now? So, it looks... It's a it little thinner. Thin. Yeah. Because yeah. I can see through on the edges, it's just like this kind of brownish. Um, but I'll tell you, when you swirl it up, you can see how it really sticks to the sides of the glass and just slowly trickles down. So you can tell it's higher ABV for that reason. A little bit of carbonation showing up when it gets swirled, mainly kind of medium-ish bubbles. It smells good. It smells really good. It smells like burnt caramel. Oh. In a good way, though. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, it does smell like burnt caramel. I get a little bit of like an ashy char, which I guess is from those charred barrels. Mm, yeah, I get like an ashy char on there. I feel like I'm getting apple. Yeah, which would probably be coming from, from that Colossus. It smells relatively sweet, but it's not out of control. It's not like sickly. Like I'm getting like candied fruit. Yes, I could see that. There is a little raisin as well. Yeah. I could see like a little dehydrated orange kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it, it's the smell that I, makes me think of fruitcake. Yeah. Like just all those candied fruits. Yeah. I, there, There's an aspect of it with like that kind of dehydrated orange that's similar to a beer that we had in a previous episode was our variant episode for Bourbon County. Or I'm sorry, that was our vertical episode for Bourbon County. And we did the Bourbon County barley wine. A little bit of that type of smell going on here. This smells really good and it actually smells very easy. And I'm not really smelling alcohol so much. I just went for a sip. I don't taste alcohol. This is very deceiving. Whoa. I mean, I feel like oh my I gosh, down this. Yeah, I don't taste booze. Like, so I mean, I, a little bit, but yeah, a I little get tickle. A, yeah, I get a little bit of that alcohol tickle in the back of my throat, a little bit of a warming note, but taste wise, no. Yeah. Like, that's wow. Mm. I can taste that Colossus a lot, too. It's this kind of like sticky sweetness, but once again, not too sweet. There's a little bit of that apple that we were talking about. There's that burnt caramel that you were talking about, Rebecca. There is that dehydrated orange in there mm -hmm. that we were talking about. I like it. I don't love it. It is, I will say it's way smoother than it has a right to be with its ABB. Yeah. For sure. I like it. This is a nice kind of after-the-meal uh, sipper for me, personally. Hmm. Hmm. As I continue to sip it, too, more of those kind of fruit notes creep up to be more pronounced, uh, including a raisin in there as well. Oh, I'm getting the booze now. Yeah, the booze starts to creep up as well. Yeah. And the sweetness, you do start to perceive a little bit yeah. more as you keep sipping it. But still, it's a good beer. It's still a good beer. I still enjoy this. Do you agree with my placement? I... I just put it in line. I am close on your placement. I, it's not 100%, but it's close. So, that said, this was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy with it, and we had some really good stuff. 
And I'm hoping that we can get our hands on something similar that Jim Wagner does at BC Brewery. I just saw on Facebook he have a new, another batch of the bourbon barrel aged stout. Yeah, we'll have to make sure we grab some of that and have it on podcast. Yeah. And actually, we need to do a BC Brewery showcase. Yeah. That's what we should do. I mean, we had that episode where we talked about their Valentine's Day dinner that they did with beer, and there was some amazing beer for that. But yeah, we'll do a showcase. Um, okay, so ranking-wise, why don't you go ahead and go with it, because you already have yours okay. lined up. So, my number... Seven? Seven. Eight. Eight. Jesus. <laughs> okay. My number eight is the Divine Retribution number four. And what was that? It is Retribution blended with Devil's Milk, Obel, Missouri, and Brimstone. That was a mess. And that was a mess when it was made, I am assuming. My number seven is the Divine Retribution number one. Even though it is quite good still. Yeah, it's just not my favorite. Um, my number six. My next one is yeah. Caramel Apple six. Retribution. And then Regular Retribution. At number five. Number five is Espresso and Bourbon. No, that's number four. Number four <laughs> is Espresso and Bourbon Vanilla Retribution. Mm-hmm. Number three is Creme de, Creme de Menthe. My number two is the pumpkin, and my number one is chocolate cherry. Okay, so mine is close. Uh, My number eight is that retribution number four. We unanimously believe that wasn't that great. Uh, I am in agreement that number seven is the original divine retribution. Uh, There is a good amount of that Colossus coming through in this, and I think that maybe when it was fresher, you probably got a lot more chocolatey, a lot more of the body from the retribution itself. So... Would have been better to drink it, you know, then, but we wouldn't have it for this episode then, so I'm not that upset about it. Number six for me is going to actually be the original Retribution, uh, and then number five is going to be the Caramel Apple. Number four is the Espresso and Bourbon Vanilla. Number three, the Creme de Menthe. Number two, the Pumpkin. And number one, the Chocolate Cherry. Now, I will say that it was a hard call between the chocolate cherry and the pumpkin. I agree. Because those two were so So good good that it was just, it was tough. Yeah. It was really tough between those two. It's kind of like one and two are pretty close, and then three, four, five, and six are pretty close. No, for me, I I feel like, for me, the creme de menthe is a pretty strong third, and the espresso and bourbon vanilla is a very strong fourth. And then after that... It's closer for me for the last, those next three. And then the retribute, divine retribution number four is like a clear last, like <laughs> a very way. clear last. All the way in the caboose. Like we dumped the rest of that bottle because that is not like, it's not drinkable. The rest of this, definitely drinkable, more than drinkable. So yeah, so this is a fun time. Uh, once again, if, um, I mean, we'll keep doing stuff like this if we have beers for it or if we can find beers for it, but it's not easy, <laughs> especially when they're all, you know, older beers or doing verticals or doing, you know, variants, stuff like that. So if anyone wants wants to find a way to get us some beers for stuff like that, you can certainly do that. You can contact us at BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. Also on Instagram, look for us. Brutal Battle Podcast. And do us a favor of rating and reviewing us on whatever podcatcher you use. Really helps us with iTunes if you can do that. If you want to hear any back episodes, because iTunes will only hold like the last 50, you can go to the website brutalbattle.com and listen to anything there. 
or go to archive.org and search Brutal Battle, and you can get all the episodes there. So literally, you can go back like eight years. Sorry, you can literally go back like eight years and listen to some really terrible episodes. (laughs) Because it's just gotten better over time. Like some of these beers, and unlike some of these beers. (laughs) But anyway, this was fun. Do you have any closing comments? I don't think so. All right. Well, thanks everyone for checking this out. And until next time, keep it brutal. I feel so-